you're now tuned in to the show. Seatbelts on, I'ma show you how we go. Mine keeps spinning, but there's nowhere to go. It's a trap door to hell, I'ma let them all know. You're now tuned in to the show. Seatbelts on, I'ma show you how we go. Mine keeps spinning, but there's nowhere to go. It's a trap door to hell, I'ma let them all know. Yeah, we about to make it all spark. Chill, cause it's ain't for the faint of heart. Taiji's the brainiac, cause he's hella smart. Travis G will tell you how it is from the start. Microphone, headphone, keeping it chill. Gun D brothers with that at home feel. So grab a drink, go and grab a meal. And lock your doors, cause it's gonna get real. Talk about sports, about comedy and food. Tune in now if you wanna know the news. Gather up your friends, tell your crew. Brace yourself, cause we roast you fools. Shout out to Johnny Goose, man, Mr. Rocha. Gundy Brothers about to take the Panocha. Go and tell, ring that bell. You are now entering the trap door to hell. You're now tuned in to the show. Seatbelts on, I'ma show you how it go. Mine keeps spinning. But Welcome back to Trap Door to Hell. Episode 109. Travis, as always, along with Tyler and special guest. Johnny Roca, welcome back to the show, friend. How you doing? What's up, guys? How you doing? I'm doing very well. I just uh, just came back from my nine minute power nap. Nice power nap. Sounds about nice right now. Sounds yes, about sir. nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you were like, how much how much time do I have? Yeah, I had to squeeze that in, man. I got my cucumber slices and just laid back, and chill, so I can be ready for this podcast now. Exactly. The, you guys will get that reference later. Um, Johnny's on. We're going to talk Cruella today. We're going to talk, uh, we're going to do a draft, Disney villain draft. Um, we got some baseball stuff. Not a whole bunch for you. Uh, me and Tyler have our own separate review of A Quiet Place 2. So that's also coming at you guys. But real quick off the top, I want. I know we don't talk about golf very much here, but I think we got to give a big congrats to Phil Mickelson because we didn't do it last week, correct? Yeah, true. So... Any comments on Phil Mickelson winning the U.S. <laughs> Open? Way to do it at, at such a – I think he's the oldest to win, correct? 50-plus, right? Yeah, 50-plus. I mean – and he led the entire way. He had uh, he had a lead ever since Thursday, which is fucking crazy. I mean, when you're, when you're on, you're fucking on. Johnny, do you watch yeah. any golf? I can't say I watch it. I play it a little bit. I'm not the greatest, but yeah, I was gonna say for people Neither like myself and the listeners who uh, who who don't really watch golf, like the, a lot of us do know who Phil Mickelson is. He's a household name. But so, what exactly did he accomplish? Was this his first time, or or what exactly did he accomplish in winning well, this, this time? Is, well, this is the oldest player to win the U.S. Open. Um, one. I also think this is two. It's his first major victory in ten plus years. How long has it been, Ty, since he won a major? I, I think you're right. Over ten years. Over ten years, and he's one of the very few players to win a major in four different decades. Oh wow! Yeah, that's that right there is pretty major. Yeah, I think it's like him and the Golden Bear or something like that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure on that. But yeah, he it was it was a whole bunch of stuff. And just to see it, like he's been he's been really down and out. And the the only reason he played in the U.S. Open is because of the exception that it's the only reason that John Daly gets gets to keep playing the U.S. Open. Because if you win once, you're invited back through uh, any time they play it there. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. 
Okay. So that like he technically did not make the first cut, uh, right, Ty? Yeah, I know he didn't. Or whatever. So so and then to come back, lead through Thursday, and just carry it all the way to Sunday is an absolute feat. So nobody was really banking on him, huh? No, I mean there. The, if somebody bet on him, it, like they probably got absolutely ridiculous odds and uh, made out like a bandit. That's for fucking oh, yeah. Ching 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 ching. So what else is new with you guys? Uh, oh, well, with me guys, um, I I went. This may not be the most glamorous news in the world, but in my world, it's like a big life changer. I went to the optometrist yesterday and found out that I am uh, farsighted. So. It explains why I can't see shit on my phone anymore. I can hold the phone right here in my face, and I can't I can't see nothing on my phone. I, I freaked out one day recently because I was trying to read a text or I was scrolling on social media or something. I was like, I can't see nothing. This just looks like a bunch of scribble, and it just freaked me the F out, dude. I was like, what's going on? So uh, your boy Gerald is going to be wearing glasses here in a couple of weeks. So you can see stuff that's far, though, right? Because you are a truck that, driver. That's the most like mind-boggling thing to me is the farsightedness, like being farsighted. Isn't that weird? It's like it's like it's like comparing a football player who can throw like fifty yards, but he can't throw a little pitch. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's, that's the way I look at it. It's so strange because I'm I'm you know near nearsighted. I can see stuff up close, but mm. put it you know. 20 10 10 to 20 feet away i can't see it worth shit so right, weird. To, to think that like <clears throat> you can see stuff from you know 50 yards away but put it right in front of your face like you said with your phone and it's just gone yeah that's 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 me man so that i just found that out yesterday and we want glasses too man that's, 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 cool. that's what's going on in my world right now get some good looking ones for sure Get oh, yeah, some, I got to go. Some, get some, some Pimp Daddy style. fucking aviators, dog. <laughs> you know it, bro. You know Hell it, yeah, that's legit. what I'm fucking talking about. Uh, Ty, you went to a promotion today? I did. I went to an eighth grade promotion for uh, for our cousin Marissa, and it was, it was something. They had like four students give speeches, and then like four different faculty members give speeches. And it's only like 28 kids. And I was like, oh, my God, this thing is just dragging, huh? <laughs> it's one of those things because i like i don't really care and i tell people like oh and i've explicitly told family members i i don't care it's it's not a graduation it's you're just going to the next grade like until until you like graduate high school it's not nothing and they're like well we all showed up when you did it and that's not that's not a thing because i did not tell anybody to show up when i did it <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Yeah, you I were agree just there. You. I agree with you, Travis. I I agree with you. I, I my my five year old is going to start kindergarten this year. My wife's already talking about his graduation. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, his twelfth year. No, no, the, the, the kindergarten one. I was like, the kindergarten one, like. And it's just uh, getting a it, dick, but you know. And it's just getting worse and worse. Like they're start, they do it like every year now. Like my baby just graduated second grade. Like he's not even changing schools. What's the big deal? I explicitly right. remember when I was a kid too. Like I didn't even make a big deal about my senior graduation, let alone let alone anything yeah. else. Yeah. So it's just it's just a wild thought to me. But I mean, we also grow up in the you know social media now where it's not just that that's that's what you think is a graduation that's at least 150 likes on your page yeah I, I, hey travis i agree with that that's a good point when you say that because it's like can you imagine the person getting on the microphone speaking so good luck to you guys going uh 
down the hall to the next classroom <laughs> <laughs> to miss peacock's room like you know like but but you're right to me a graduation is when you move on to the the, the next level and possibly on to the next city town out of state whatever to the next place university or whatnot so yeah yeah that's weird but anyways I, mean, no, I don't want to take away from anybody <laughs> like congratulations eighth graders like you know until kindergartners everywhere and everyone else graduated <laughs> <laughs> kid to all the kindergarten who, who listen to this podcast we 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 yeah. salute you for sure yeah we don't we don't want to lose those listeners right that's right uh yeah. shout out last week okay. it was memorial day so give a good uh one out there to all the veterans who uh gave their lives for our country little moment of silence real quick all right this is a podcast so we can't do it that yeah. long <laughs> not too long if people are gonna shut it off right exactly yeah. what the uh, fuck They'd be like, I've never heard Travis not talk for this long. <laughs> yeah, but salute, salute to all you, all you uh, who served our country and who have died. Well, if uh, we don't have anything else here at the beginning, let's fucking get into it then. But before we go, is Dude. it is it stolen valor to say Happy Memorial <laughs> to you too, Travis, for all the times you died in uh, uh, in Call of Duty? <laughs> or, or what? Not yeah. at all. Not in my eyes, man. That's you know, that's great. Hey, when you serve and you you're serving for a cause, man. Yeah. We salute so, you, baby. We salute so, you. Uh, here's to you, Travis, for all yeah. those deaths. Yeah. Raise, yeah. Raising my glass. Raising my glass. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now can you move on? Yes. Now we can move on. I just had to make that that quick thing. So we'll start it as we always do in the baseball world in the East. In the American League, we have the Tampa Bay Rays atop that division, 35 and 22. The Red Sox at 32 and 23, two games back. The Yankees at 31 and 25, three and a half back. Blue Jays, 29 and 25, four and a half. And the Baltimore Orioles, 19 and 37, 15 and a half back. So I, you know, I think we got to start with the team we usually start talking about with, and that's the Yankees, because last week we came out and we talked about how good the pitching's been, and we literally said this cannot hold hold up for very much longer, and then they got swept by the fucking Tigers. Yeah, it's <laughs> it, tough. It just, just in an embarrassing fashion. So I mean, right on that course, the the Rays really, 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 really have been stepping it up. So that's been fucking. Uh, super fun to watch to have another competitive team up there playing at the Red Sox level and the Blue Jays too. What have, what have you been noticing from this division, Johnny? Uh, it's just really tight right now. You know, it's uh, of course what we I think most of us expected: Tampa Bay, Boston, and, and the Yankees. And of course, the Blue Jays are up there too. I know one of you guys were, we have been talking about Blue Jays all day long, but just mm-hmm. super tight, man. It's just uh, this one's going to be very interesting come September, dude. When it when it comes down to the wire. And the Blue Jays have been exciting to watch now that Vlad Guerrero's actually Vlad Guerrero Jr. is actually hitting home runs and it's created what we got we got now a lot of people talking about a home run chase this season to see who the leader is. I still think it's a little bit early to talk about it, but I mean I don't see the people who are up there now not being around at the end of the season. I just don't see it being for any kind of any number higher than just who's leading this season. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, that, was, that was a seamless way to bring up the trapdoor groupies question of who will be the home run King at the end. So Travis, Travis says it's too early to tell Johnny Roker. You got any early predictions for home run Kings? I can't, you guys can help me out with the name, but th- this, this kid from uh, the angels uh, last name starts with an O. Um, <laughs> Show. Hey, oh, 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 you're talking about the phenom, huh? 
Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with that guy. I think he leaves right now. The AL is that my corrector. I I honestly have no clue at the moment. Just with Vlad Guerrero heating up mm-hmm. so much and and everything going on over there in Toronto, I think I think it's tight though. And bringing up Toronto and Vlad Guerrero, that would be my two early prediction. Would be uh, Vlad Guerrero to lead the league in home runs. Uh, and then out of the Central, we have the White Sox sitting atop their division at 33 and 22, the Indians at 30 and 24, two and a half back, the Royals at 27 and 26, five back, the Tigers at 23 and 32, 10 back, and the Twins 22 and 33, 11 back. So uh, let's reverse time a little bit. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. leads and is tied with Ronald Acuna Jr. It was 17. Um, Adelis Garcia from the Rangers has 16 yep. and is tied with Tatis Jr. with 16. And Shohei has 15. 15. That's the top five right there as it stands. So, I mean, you're not wrong. Not wrong at all. Um, Very close. All right. So, let's go back in time forward. All right. Now we're in the AL Central. These yes. teams fucking stink. <laughs> <laughs> They're just not doing anything over there. Besides that, like, I, and then I see like the Twins had a good series over the weekend, and but they only took two or three, and then they go back and they're playing bad baseball again. It's there's no consistency from any of those teams, and like when you think about it, the Royals who were really hot in the top of the division for a while, um, just have kind of fell into this middle ground here where they're still beating up the teams underneath them, but they can't compete against anybody else, which is really. Uh, not great. Ty, what do you think? Um, yeah, I, you know, just, just looking at the central, it's ugly. It's, it's an ugly, ugly fucking division. I, I don't have much to say about them. Yeah. I don't have anything else to say. I was, I couldn't think of a thing either. Cause yeah. yeah. They just, just they all suck. There's <laughs> just a lot of there's a lot of nothing coming out, and and Kansas City is is on might possibly lose Alberto Mondesi, who's been kind of their star player o- o- over there, other than Salvador Perez, of course. But I mean, it, it, it's just going to get real bad over there. Uh, in the West, we have a tie at the top of the division, Houston at at 31 and 24 and the A's who are currently playing at 32 and 25. They won. Oh, did the game finish? They should be they should be up again because they won. Okay. Um then Seattle at 28 and 28 three and a half back, the Angels at 25 and 36 back and then the Rangers at 22 and 35 10 back. Um, so real quick, first of all, I wanted to say sorry, last week Johnny Roca opponent pointed out that I did not make a uh, series to watch for the weekend. And I really wanted to apologize to you for that. Apology accepted. But this week we have a great matchup in Buffalo. It's the Blue Jays hosting the Astros. So both teams competing for their top of their division. um, And a lot of great hitters. I know, um, um, the uh, what's his name from the Astros isn't doing too hot. Um, Bregman Altuve, uh, no, no, Correa is not doing too hot go. right now, but I mean, this is a perfect weekend to turn it around. It should be a slugfest. We got two afternoon game, or we got early afternoon game on Friday, 
No, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. Backwards, backwards, backwards. We have a night game on Friday. So after work, five o'clock, you're going to be able to catch that game. Saturday, you've got a three o'clock Eastern time game. So right around lunchtime, you're grilling. You can watch that game. And then Sunday, it's um, one o'clock Eastern time. So it'll start 11 o'clock. Perfect time for brunch. You're having mimosas or whatever the fuck you're doing. Watch. Uh, you can watch the Blue Jays host the Astros. Go Blue Jays. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Please go Blue Jays. But the A's playing well, playing good baseball. Congratulations to Bob Melvin. Uh, passes Tommy Lasorda as the um, all-time winningest manager for the A's. Tony LaRusa. Uh, what did I say? Tommy Lasorda. Sorry, Tony LaRusa. Excuse me. Um, the 800 wins as of today. Yes. Uh, Beautiful. So nice. good for him. Uh, that's a congratulations. They're playing good ball. <laughs> um, Seattle's bad. So, I mean, although when they were in Oakland, they played good ball against them last week, but they just could not figure it out. The A's took this series. Um, Astros doing well. Angels, it just sucks to see what we're seeing, right? Johnny probably sees it more because he lives down there. Um they they have that talent. And like you said, you think Shohei is going to lead the league in home runs. And we talk about it week after week after week, how good these guys are. And the team's bad. Yeah, they yeah they can hit the ball. But, yeah, you, you got all the other aspects, of course. You got the pitching and everything else in between. So, And on top of that, they had uh, the MLB. They fired and then the MLB banned their pitching coach, correct? Yeah. Mickey, That's Mickey right. Call- huh. Mickey Calloway got uh, – got banned through the 2022 season uh, after being accused of sexual misconduct by multiple women. So apparently through the league, this isn't a secret. And this guy has been doing real shicey stuff for a long time. And the angels have kept up on his contract. Some people have kind of talked about that deterred um, uh, Trevor Bauer from going to the angels because he was the pitching coach there. Um, if the angels knew about this stuff, it just sucks that they did that. They, they waited this long to take action action against him because like, that's, that's like, that makes sense. Cause we talk a bunch about how their pitching is a big fucking issue. And if people aren't going there because if they got this fucking, this pitching coach there, this fucking guy, like Mickey Calloway, like, why are we still dealing with him? Why, why is it taking this long? You know? Um, that's that's there's the smoke first, through fire, right? There's the that's the first attempt, you know. First thing you should attempt at to start getting talent over there is is, you know, deal with deal with something in a house like that. And it's not like he's you know the best pitching coach out there. That they're terrible. The Angels' pitching staff has been bad for quite a while now. So I'm glad he got you know he yeah. got dealt with uh, finally. But hopefully they can bring in. I don't know who they brought in to fill that hole for the angels, probably within thinking of what time, you know, where we're at in the season, they probably didn't go elsewhere to get somebody, but maybe it'll turn (laughs) things around. I don't know because it just sucks to see, like, I think they should be a much better team. I want this division to compete more like the NL West. And right now it's just two teams. The last person I remember being the pitching coach over there was Andrew Bailey. So maybe he's still in the uh, organization and can, can take over that role. I just heard his name the other day. He's the pitching coach for the Giants. Is he the pitching coach for the Giants now? Is is that where I'm trying to find him? Yeah, he's with the Giants now. 
Oh man, what a pool. That's yeah. all. That's all me. So um and then the Rangers, I mean, I thought they'd be better. Wow, but wow, just... wow, wow. <laughs> hey, at least they have a nice ballpark. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hats right. off to the to the Oakland A's real quick though. I gotta give a shout out to them because uh if I'm not mistaken, you have the best uh, road record in the major leagues right now, even better than Tampa Bay's. I think uh, eight losses. So yeah, 15, 15 and eight at the moment. That's right. Yeah, yeah, eight losses. So yeah, um, kind of, you know, backs up the whole thing about maybe you know about them leaving and stuff. They're gonna use that as an argument if they finish with like one of the top, you know, road records in the league. Could be. Uh, I mean, it's kind of a lazy. I mean, it's just. You, you feel comfortable where you feel comfortable, unfortunately. And, you know, the Coliseum is not a comfortable place. Sorry. If it is that factor for people, then, you know, it is what it is. I also think that, that most places, the Oakland uh, site is one of the hardest ball uh, ballparks to hit it. And right oh, yeah. now, we talked about last week, the A's and their approach and hitting more home runs and than moving people around the bases. When other teams come to Oakland, they realize they have to change. They are not changing their approach and still trying to hit balls out. And they just don't get there because the way Oakland is set up, it's a big ballpark. The wind blows in. It's it's not good. So that could be a factor too. Yeah, well, I point that out too. An interesting stat to go with it, they have the worst home record in the whole division, even worse than the Texas Rangers. Mm-hmm. Kind of weird, huh? Everybody loves playing in Arlington. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. We talked about, we talked about one bad guy from the AL West. We're going to another division with a bad guy, but at the top of the division, we have the Mets at 27 and 21 Phillies at four and a half back at 26 and 29. The Braves home of the very bad guy, 25 and 28, four and a half back. The Marlins at 24 and 30 at six back, and then the Nats at 23 and 29, six back. So before we get into talking about uh, the guy from the Braves, I pass on his name right now. But... Marcelo Zuna. Okay. Um, real quick, let's get back to our regular scheduled program of me blowing Jacob DeGrom for a second. <laughs> Last week, he was uh, he was making his start in the minor league, so I can only do it a little bit. But he comes back, and he's still stellar as always, still under one ERA. Do we see anybody – come on, like, honestly, is there anybody who's going to beat him out for the Cy Young? He's got to die. <laughs> yeah, he's got to literally it. die on the field in order to uh... – <laughs> To not get the Cy Young this year, and um, and then to Kevin Pillar back after ju- just under a week of getting drilled in the face with that hundred mile an hour or ninety four mile an hour, whatever it was, fastball mm-hmm. back on the field, Chauncey Billups ass, fucking f- r- r- uh, who else? What was the other guy? Chauncey Billups didn't have the mask. Rashid, no. Rashid Wallace. Uh, R- Rip Hamilton. Rip, Rip Hamilton. Hamilton. There you there go. It is. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, he's got the face shield on and he looks good out there. It's glad to see him back. Uh, hopefully the Mets can start hitting the ball because like we talk about, we've been talking about with the Braves injuries, the Braves are down. And then now this, you want to explain to the people what happened? Yeah. So Marcelo Zuna was arrested for aggravated assaults and domestic battery. Uh, basically he 
and this is on the cop's account, he was an eyewitness to seeing him choking his wife and then using a cast because he was injured at the time, his forearmed cast uh, to beat her over the head with it. Holy shit, dude. Yeah, so wow, going to jail, obviously, <laughs> and yeah, just an ugly situation. Now to uh, not trying to defend him because this is just absolutely awful this is not the first incident he's had with his wife no. he's had incidents before nothing this serious and especially nothing with the eyewitness of a police officer um so people out there if you don't get along with your significant other don't beat them just just get a divorce i mean just leave yeah take take the take the high road and figure it out somewhere else like uh, I, I've never, I've never thought about hitting a woman before. Okay, you know what? Backtrack. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if, if Travis ever saw the creator of the Ghostbusters 2015 movie, he'd be oh, yeah. obligated. Oh. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, it's a bad look and it sucks. And he probably, he will. Um, so he he's facing jail time right now. So yeah. we'll see how that goes. MLB should hand him at least at least half a year suspension and then go yes. from there. That's a bare minimum of a suspension. Yeah. Unfortunately, we know how these things go in professional sports. Yeah. Um, uh, the problem here is that, you know, getting, even though like this stuff happens, these people will not get divorced and f say they figure it out and then end up in scuffles again because she doesn't want, she, you know, he doesn't want to pay her out in court and she doesn't want the money to stop flowing in. So, you know, we see this shit happen all the time. It's very frustrating, but it is what it is. Yeah. It's pretty crappy shit, dude. And let's see what else in the division <laughs> nationals Marlins are still kind of competing in that division. They're, they're, staying in. they're staying in. Yeah. They're doing well. Um, yeah, it's just a, the Nationals just once really the can... once the Mets play finally make up those COVID games from the very beginning of the season, the division's going to start evening it out, evening out here. I think they, I get, I think they could win, start winning more though, with the injuries and the way the other teams have been playing, like. And the Mets being such such a good pitching staff, all they have to do is, um, you know, get two runs and they win half their ball games. You know, yeah. between um, Jacob Degrom and Marcus Stroman, it's ridiculous. And then, did you see the stuff with Marcus Stroman? Uh, no, about him, he he was getting into a shouting match with a player on the other team. What was it yesterday? No. No, I seen something online that that uh one of the announcers for who I forget who were they playing would like made a comment about his do rag, and they said it was offensive, and I guess because of prior things that this guy has kind of hinted at, he it may be prejudice in some way. He he just Stroman was on the mound. He was like, um, and the announcer was like, oh, it looks like the same do-rag that tom seaver wore i was like what why i i, I didn't understand how it was offensive yeah and then pretty Andy, sure that's the same do-rag that tom seaver used to wear when he pitched for the mets 
I didn't get how it was offensive, but then the article I was reading said, if you don't understand how this is offensive, how this is offensive, you're the problem. <laughs> okay. I was like, I was like, I guess I'm the fucking problem. Do you understand what's offensive about it, Johnny? No, I am the fucking problem too. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Ty never heard about this, so he's puzzling I'm, reading I'm, this. I'm reading from the Daily News about it was basically just saying what it was talking about. But yeah, no, I don't like. Unless Tom Seaver was doing some like did it to be a racist, that's the only thing I could think of. Don't but. get it. So yeah, if if you understand why it's racist, please email us because we're we're well. This episode we're not just privileged whites. We're pri- pri- privileged whites and Hispanics here, so we don't get it. Yeah, even even the manager of the the Mets, Luis Rojas, said it's completely inappropriate, and I was very disappointed when I heard it. If it was a joke, I don't get it. That will not help the baseball crowd grow in this game see i don't that's the thing too i don't get how it's offensive and i don't get it how it's a joke i think i think it was maybe an attempt at a joke or the guy was just trying to i've said things that were just dumb and pure like in a in a wholesome sense just to try and make a joke and they you know it sometimes you think of something and you think you might have a punchline for it and then you don't i do it all the time yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, all right, in the NL Central, we have the Cubs, who have been playing red hot lately. At red hot. 2-23, took the lead in the division. St. Louis at 31-24, and 24, a game back. The Brewers, 29-26, three games back. The Reds, 24-29, seven back. And the Pittsburgh Pirates at 20-34, and 11.5 back. And we have to talk, because there's not much. We, I mean, there's not much going on here, but we have to talk about the big news coming out of the, uh, I mean, coming out the, of the league the, that everybody's talking about is that play. Yeah. That's just, that was an unfortunate play. So, Javi Baez up to bat with two outs. Grounds over to the third baseman or shortstop, I can't remember. I think it's shortstop. Shortstop, shortstop, throws the first, a little bit up the line. Javi stops to avoid a collision, not get tagged. The first baseman steps at him a couple times. Javi then goes. Also a runner on third, too. Yeah, runner on third. Javi goes back towards home, and the guy, the first baseman chases him. Fuck up number one. Just turn around and step on your bag if the guy's not going to run into your glove. Right. Yeah. Number two, you're chasing him down. The runner then from third is going home to score. Don't toss the ball to the catcher to get that guy out. Yeah. Javi Baez is the force out. He ends the inning and everything is null and void as long as he does not get to first base safely. I don't understand how a major league athlete could slip up this bat. I don't I don't get it. And I don't understand every news that news outlet praising Javi Baez for this play. There's no praising. It's more of the pirates are just fucking morons. The only, mm-hmm. the only reason you say anything about this play, um, the, the because if Javi Baez gets out and there's no, and of course there's no run scored and nothing. If he and they don't make the pirates don't make this mistake. Everybody's talking about what an asshole Javi is for doing this. He's holding up the game. It makes no sense. It's an easy play. You should just take your out, just play it out. You know, but. Because he was safe, 
now he's like a genius. No, he's not a genius. He caught a fucking team that was doing just not not in the right headspace. I have no idea. And on top of that, the fucking the rest of the infield isn't even covering their ship when the first baseman chases Javi by his home. He doesn't go over. The pitcher doesn't go over, and he doesn't go over to cover first base. So when the catcher throws it to first, there's nobody fucking there. Yeah. What did you think on your first reaction, Johnny? So I didn't see this, but after listening to all this, like, come on, it's two outs. Get the force out. Get out of the inning. Don't worry about the other runners. There's two on, but don't worry about them. Get that play out at first, and that's it, you know? I mean, you know, good heads up on the runners, you know, advancing. You know, that's what you do. It's just it's literally shit, man. I mean, come on. I've I've seen smarter plays than Little League, and it absolutely, absolutely, yeah. not not even a fucking joke, dude. Like seriously, yeah. you're right. And you no, you know, true. I tried to I tried to even put myself in that because when things like this that are like so so niche that you never see happen, you try and put yourself in a headspace of okay, this is stuff you do learn when you're a kid, and then for a long time while you're playing this game, it you never happen. talk about it, yeah. you never work on it, you don't see it. Um, but and, and like you, you can at sometimes you can be like, okay, whatever, you know, things fucking happen sometimes. Like like during PFPs and rotational stuff, like they'll do that on a play that's had a couple errors or whatever. But like this is just, it was such a basic first play that you should have known the initial. You fucked up when you didn't do the initial thing right, and that was the thing that has been hammered into your head since you were a kid. There's a runner at third. You make the easy force out. You end the inning with two outs. Plain and sure. simple. Plain and simple. Yeah, I uh, first watch. I had to go back and look at how many. Because I at first I was like, oh, this these guys are just stupid. Because there's one. I was thinking, oh, there's got to be less than two outs. Like that's why this is happening. Then you know, yeah, I go back. Yourself. I go back and I look and I go, oh no, that's two outs. These guys are just fucking morons. It was wild too. So I was watching the yak mm-hmm. on uh, live on YouTube and uh, the yak has Dan Katz, big cat, and he's a huge Cubs fan. So they had the game on while they were, you know, doing, doing their show. And like, he was even like, they were, they were doing the thing of, wait, where's he going? Why is he going a second? What the hell happened? And I was like, I wonder what that is. And then later I saw the alert on, you know, ESPN sends me everything that happens in the league. And I was like, wow, this is insane. All right. And then in Johnny Roca's division, the NL West, we have the San Francisco Giants back on top of that division at 34 and 21. The Padres, a game back at 34 and 23. Johnny Roca's, uh, Dodgers at 32 and 23, two games back. And then the Rockies at 22 and 34, 12 and a half back. And the Diamondbacks at 20 and 37, 15 back. Johnny, I would like you to take the lead on this division. This is your division, bud. This is your time to shine. All right. Well, the San Francisco Giants, they just won't go away. Uh, that's, that's just, it's just annoying to say, man. I mean, we've been, you guys have been talking about it since the beginning of the season that these guys are going to drop at some point. And they did a couple weekends ago. And, they are. They're just they're playing consistent baseball. So I can't really take anything away from them. Uh, San Diego's just strong doing their thing, and then the Dodgers. I mean, they're 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 playing good ball, but you know what? The Giants, the Padres are just a little better. As a Dodger fan, I and and speaking for Dodger fans everywhere, we're worried, man. These are two just hell of ball, ball clubs, man, just doing their thing. 
below us three, uh, don't even need to talk about these guys. But the yeah. the um, <laughs> on the Giants, and that's that's one of the things I wanted to mention on the Giants. Like, I don't want to do this because I feel like I might jinx them. But like I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put some respect on the Giants' name from now on. Yes. They are playing. I mean, they threw fucking Scott Casimir out there against the Dodgers. <laughs> what did did you guys see that? I I heard it and I thought that can't be the same Scott Casimir that I'm thinking of. And, and it he was. was still getting paid by the Dodgers at the time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, ridiculous, ridiculous <clears throat> what they're doing. Evan Longoria. Is gonna be an all star in in his almost forty year or almost thirty eight year old season. Yeah, yeah, I mean he, it, it's just insane. Buster Posey's back to playing like the Buster Posey of young. It's it's mm-hmm. super crazy to fucking watch, <laughs> and I gotta put respect on their name now. I just uh, have well, to do. It. There they go. There they go to fall underneath but, the Rockies. But do you think the Dodgers? I mean, this has to do. This has to do with injury, injury bugs uh, surrounding them, right? Too, Johnny. Absolutely. Yeah. There's. Uh, we've been dealing with a, a ton of injuries. So, but I mean, but still, the bullpen is um, less than stellar right now within the organization. I mean, we got guys giving it up. Uh, David Price does his thing, but other outside of him, I mean, we. It's it's just not happening, dude. It's uh, Ken Kenley pulling guys to pulling guys to her. Kenley Jensen has been coming back. He's Has he's he been uh, yeah. He's starting to come be the old uh, you know the old closer he used to be before. He's been real shitty. Like a lot of us Dodger fans, we shit on him, and we don't expect much. Oh, great, they're bringing him in. He's gonna blow it. He's good for a home run, you know. Like, but he's he's uh, he's definitely going back to the closer he should be. But um, they, they got to keep the starters out there a lot longer. And, uh, you know, the bats are swinging. But, you know, it's just it's still not clicking the way it should. But it's still early in the season. So we'll just see how it works out and who's the who's the pretender and who's the contender in this division between those three. But still interesting, still a lot of fun. Very much fun. I do love watching those games. Um, yeah. Amen. Did we miss any of the news topics that you had written down? Uh, there was, you know, Tatis Jr. is dealing with some oblique, but it came out today that he's going to be fine. Uh, and then Jack Flaherty out of the Cardinals has been a little banged up, but that that's pretty much it. Everything I mean, half is- the league's banged up right now. It's it's exactly. amazing. Remember a few weeks ago when I had that take that people were just like taking rest, days yeah. and rest days, extra rest days on on the injured list and stuff like that. It's not a it's not coming true. What I said, I I think I jinxed everybody. That's on me. Yeah, and then if I could throw in since uh, since I'm on the show this week, um, my uh, weekend must watch series. Yeah, I was, trying to, I, was, I was trying to stay away from the Dodgers, not be biased. I was trying to be universal and pick someone else. And I will throw out as honorable mention that the Red Sox and Yankees is going to be a fun one this weekend. But the one that I think everyone should watch, of course, uh, is the Braves hosting the Dodgers this weekend. It's just because it's the, the rematch actually the NLCS and as we all remember last year the Braves were up three to one I believe Dodgers came back and we know the rest um so yeah that's gonna be a fun one to watch I will be watching uh Friday will be on ESPN and Saturday on Fox there we go yeah I mean every time yeah every time the fucking Yankees and the Red Sox play it's Sunday night baseball, Saturday night baseball, Friday night baseball. They got under the lights. They got the big crews out for them. So, 
Yeah, that, always I fun. Mean, that's that's always fun. So, all right. Well, we have no football news. Johnny, we... would you like to speak on anything from the NFL? Yeah, that's true. Um, man, otherwise, other than that, my theory I had about Aaron Rodgers last week. Um, I'm still interested <laughs> interested on where Julio's going. I appreciate you guys answering that question last week. Um, um, I really don't have much. I wish we did because. I don't know the NFL rundown is always is always yeah, our, my favorite. Yeah, our, our football, the NFL news, is, you know, this is football is our main thing with when we talk with Johnny Roca. Yeah, right now yeah. it's just everybody showing up to training camp and and the two two other stories that we just keep hearing and it, yeah. it's you know nothing nothing late breaking, huh? No, just, sadly, huh? I I thought we would get something maybe today come out, but nothing. But and it's not even and it's not even newer. There's not even new stuff added to it that would change an opinion that I said from last week. You know, I like yeah. I can't even I can't even alter an opinion. But uh, you know what though? It's 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 the quiet before the storm. It's gonna get good, right? It's gonna I come, hope so. Come oh, August, definitely. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. Uh, to take the place of football news, we do have a tennis question from the group trapdoor groupie uh and trapdoor groupie wants to know our thoughts on naomi osaka's withdrawal withdrawing from the i believe it's the french open uh because of her mental health and one wants to know also should players be mandated to talk to the media are you guys do you guys know what's well first of all this is wild that we're getting a tennis question second of all i don't know who this bitch is but not in a derogatory term not another trying to mean it like of course not of course not Um, she's what what did she withdraw from it was the french open i believe okay uh she's kind of like the young and upcoming player she beat uh serena williams in the u.s open like she beat the Mm. shit out of her in it um she's a somebody but, yeah but she she's she's withdrawing because uh they have mandatory press conferences and she gets a lot of anxiety and and she doesn't handle that stuff well so she just wasn't going and they find her they suspended her and stuff like that and so she's just like you know what i'm just gonna withdraw from the tournament wow i mean yeah. That's that's some that's some Demi Lovato type of bullshit. Like the stuff I think we're talking about that last week. On uh, just you're not entitled because of whatever feelings you have deep down. You're a professional uh, sports player in this case, a tennis player. It is sort of your obligation to get out there and talk to the media because I mean, let's look at it this way: people pay to uh, to 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 watch the sport. Okay, you have endorsements. You're paid by everybody around you who love the sport you owe it back to them to talk to the media you know what i mean that's where i stand on that like you know fuck your feelings man you know go do what you got to do it whether you don't have to be you can be reluctant like good old uh marshawn lynch and you know mm-hmm. keep it minimum but you know get out there and talk that's you know it's it's sad when you when you don't do that you know i mean that's that's my take on it it's it's such a it's a, and I agree with parts on that because it's such a weird thing when we're talking about professional athletes because to be honest, professional athletes are more of a business than they are actual people. Not sure. trying to say it in a shitty way. That's just the way it go. You know, it goes. The people who own the teams or own uh who own companies brands who pay for these people to be great and be basically the product for them they sell that they sell that stuff for them just imagine if nike you know uh had a bad quarter 
it can't and it can't just come out and not say anything to its stockholders about what the product what why they're fucking up the product or why they're doing this with the product that mm-hmm. like that and it's such a weird thing to say but this is kind of the world we live in and it's unfortunate um i don't you know if you're not feeling all right and you don't want to talk to the media that day for what whatever reason you're having a bad day that shit happens marshawn yeah. lynch did it for years like you said years and years hey man i'm just here so i don't get fined and then right. eventually, eventually, some reporter would ask him a fun question that's not just bullshit about his fucking game, and he'd answer mm-hmm. honestly. He just doesn't yeah. want to sit there and answer the same fucking shit every single goddamn time. There's ways around this thing. Um, I, I don't, I don't think pulling out is necessarily the right thing, and I, I it's very weird to call mental like what you put mental health in because if she's got actual issues that are diagnosed by a doctor where she needs to talk to somebody uh she needs to go talk to somebody she needs to have that open line line of communication and on a bad day needs to be able to go you know what i'm just not having it today but just because you're a little sad that day i don't feel like you can claim mental health card i I think that's complete bullshit and to show your point valid i mean if 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 that was the case, uh, then I'm sure she wouldn't have been fined to begin with. I'm sure that you know whoever commissions that league would look into that before they even consider fining her. So, it's yeah, like you said, it's just because she's feeling sad that day. It's that's not that's not good enough. Yeah, because I mean, it opens the door for a bunch of stuff, not just in sports, but like clout chasing and all this stuff, where there's mm-hmm. not like you, it can go into bullying and all this other stuff, where there's no line now. Ever, you're either you're either all but you're either bad or you're good right if you talk mm-hmm. about somebody or you know you don't let somebody express uh, you know express themselves it's all bad or all good this is there's great there we're human beings and especially being human beings in the world we live in because we just talked about the complexities of uh professional athletes and it and it goes the same with with all the stuff that you see online and things like that, you know, you can't just blanket statement everything because mm-hmm. then everything becomes what, what, once you, so it starts with, we're going to cancel this person. And I know we're getting way off the tracks, but it does apply in a way. It starts sure. with, we're going to, we're going to cancel this person for blah, 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 blah. He did this. And then you're working from the other side where somebody does something that's in the middle and you go, well, you're just as bad as that person over here for saying it, even though it's not the same thing, but your blanket statement statement statementing the whole thing. And then you're making everything a cancelable offense until there's, you know, you just don't say anything at all. And then like, you, you know, we can talk about people with the uh, obesity problem in, you know, in America right now that lies strictly in it. You <clears> cannot <throat> go up to somebody and say, you know, like, we talked about Demi Lovato last week. Don't talk about even good weight loss. Like what, wh- what if that was that person's, you know, uh, striving factor that you said they look good today and they keep motivated, but you didn't exactly. say it, so they go off the deep end and they go back into it and they gain five, you know, 50 more pounds. Now they're obese. Now they get diabetes. Like, like, what are we doing? What are we fucking doing here? So there's my no rant one, for the week. Yeah. No one takes off accountability, dude. I mean, every, everything's going to be blamed on that other person, that outsider. So yeah. Stupid, stupid, stupid. All right, there we go. 
All right, let's move on to our movie news. Travis, uh, who would have thought tennis would have got Travis going like that? <laughs> All right, John McEnroe uh, style. <laughs> <laughs> who did he play? He played Billy Jean. No, who did that woman played a tennis, uh, a dude tennis player, right? Billy Jean King. Lisa. Yeah, played him right. Was that played somebody else? Never mind. Move on to tennis. I'm sorry. All right, <laughs> movie news. There's not very much. Uh, Seth Rogen announced his Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie is is coming out. It's going to be in uh, 2023. It's a movie. It is a movie. Okay, all right. I was confused. The news said it was like tied with Nickelodeon, so I thought it was going to be a show. Um, there is a series that's coming to Netflix, I think next year or something like that. It was it was very confusing trying to get through and trying to read everything that was going in because he only po- he had just posted a picture on Twitter of like it was like notes and it was you know uh leonardo up in the top corner and it was talking about ninja stuff and and yeah and then he just hashtag tmnt so i was trying to read through and actually figure out what the hell was going on yeah i mean let's be honest we've never really had good ninja turtle movies Johnny, would you have to agree with me? Yeah, I do. I do because after the first two from the early '90s, right? The live, yeah, the first live action that, ones. Yeah, after those just plummeted. All of them. There's ne- they never had a bounce back at all. Exactly. And the Michael, the Michael Bay ones aren't bad. They're visually okay, but it, mm-hmm. it's it's really really fucking cluttered. Are the, yeah. the are the Michael Bay ones the ones that just can't like the 2014, 2016? Yes, ones? those are yes. the Michael Bay ones. I was gonna say the first one was was. All right, but it wasn't. I wouldn't say good. They're not bad. They're not bad movies. They're just yeah. not good. They're super cluttered and whatnot. And I think, especially for me, like when I think about Ninja Turtles, I think mostly about the either the comics or some of the original runs of the cartoon, cartoon. series. It, it's some yeah. of the best stuff. I mean, I have sitting in front of me four VHS tapes of the uh, some of the original Ninja Turtle runs. Like that's that's nice. the good stuff to me. Mm-hmm. So we can get that portrayed onto the big screen in a in a way where we see what Marvel's doing and stuff like that. The great thing about Ninja Turtles is they can do whatever they want. Like much, they, they've yeah. had they've had uh, it's the animated movies with Batman with Iron Man. Like they've been around Captain America. Mm-hmm. Like you, they could do pretty much anything. So, and I think would, Seth Rogen would be being interesting. A, I think Seth Rogen being attached to. It's kind of it's in pretty good hands there. I mean, he's good at what he does. Yeah. Let, let's just let's just put it at that. I just can't wait for his you know eighty year old grandfather self to to show up in this movie too. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, 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 you guys, uh, sorry to go off, off. No, you're good. Of course, here. Uh, who who's your favorite Ninja Turtles? This is probably a question I would have came up with. Uh, I was Michelang- Michelangelo. I Jesus Michelangelo. I have a tattooed on my arm. Oh, is that right? Cool. Yeah, I have Michelangelo <laughs> tattooed on my shoulder. First, my first tattoo I ever got. Cool, dude. Eating and, pizza. And he's eating pizza too. Of course, he's got oh. bizarre, dude. <laughs> uh, total Travis. And Tyler, you said you're you said you're a Raphael. Yeah, I'm a Raphael. He always guy. wanted to be a tough guy. Big, big tough guy. And then <laughs> red was always my favorite. Was a favorite color growing up. So red, red Ninja Turtle had to be my favorite. Wonderful. And I was a Donatello guy. I was Donatello guy. Donatello guy. Nice. Oh, yeah. So we're all different. We're not, you know, we're not sitting there with, you know, 
We need our we need our Leonardo. We we need our leader. Yes, we need our Leonardo. Uh, Taking applications. <laughs> all right. Uh, next bit of news here: we have the Deadpool director Tim Miller coming out and saying that Deadpool movies don't need to be rated R to be good. Uh, wrong. I was gonna say that's just that's, that's just, just not right. Wrong. That's just not that's not <laughs> correct. I mean, you can do it. Nobody's gonna enjoy it. I mean, think about. They did the uh, Deadpool 2, the Christmas thing. I know. I thought I didn't realize it was the same movie, just PG-13. It was all PG-13, and I'm sure that that did not make them very much money. Yeah. Well, they got my money. but They got yours, but I uh, left early. how much, how much mm-hmm. others did they really get? I don't know. I don't and, know. And yeah. who who's going to sit here and go, yeah, I prefer the PG-13 version over the rated R. Nobody like, prefers no. a PG-13 movie. I think this I think this director is always saying is, look, if we're forced into it, we're still going to try and make a good product for PG-13. You know, just kind of what, what do they call it? Hedging your bets. Yeah. Hedging your bets right there. Um, I, I don't think it's true and i think that the whole point of the deadpool series is you look we can get pg-13 smart alecky smart comment superheroes elsewhere we want the fucking dirty raunchy you know humor from deadpool that's what we want man and the blood and guts of course i think the place that he's coming from is he's trying to break into a new demographic the younger audience obviously is not allowed to watch that stuff i mean my son Loves Marvel and uh, my wife won't let him watch Deadpool. We had to we have to wait till she goes to bed and we'll sneak it, you know, and we'll watch it. <laughs> but then even even then, my son gets really into it because you remember that awesome opening scene from Part One when they're on the bridge. Um, but even through it all, my son's kind of like you can see in his face he's like, "Damn, this is a little too much," you know. He's like, "It's a lot of cussing, <laughs> a little too much," you know. And I, so he even thinks that, yeah, it's you know, obviously like how we're saying, you can't say it's less than rated R. Yeah, but I mean that's you know. That's up to parents' discretion to wait to till they think their kids are ready to watch it. Yeah. Uh, like that's why the ratings are what the ratings are, and it's not like they're tying it in. They, you know, he's not a he's not an integral piece to the MCU. He's just there on the side. If they want to make him integral to the MCU, then his movies will have to be. You know, he'll have to be included in PG-13 movies. That's just the way it's going to be. But if they just keep him as an offshoot, just doing what he's doing, like, just keep it rated R. Yeah, you guys mentioned he was anti-hero, right? Yeah. You you guys were saying that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that goes to your point. Okay. Uh, And then the last bit here, there was a new Jungle Cruise trailer. Just a a new way to remind people that July 30th, you know, Jungle Cruise will be hitting theaters and be on Disney Plus Premier Access. You want to know how Disney could really rake in the fucking big bucks? Yeah. They they make a drive-in movie theater at all the Jungle Cruise locations for select viewing, and you sit in the Jungle Cruise ride and watch the movie on the projectors. They could really rake in the fucking money. Not a bad idea. Wait, what Hire you, me, Disney. What, what do you mean? <laughs> so you sell tickets, right? After it gets dark. You shut down the Jungle Cruise. You sell tickets to exclusively watch the new Jungle Cruise movie. So at the park. In at the park on the right. ride. Oh, okay. That would be pretty you're cool. sitting All in right. the boat. Yeah. That okay. I get what you're saying now. I was like, at the jungle when you said at the jungle cruise locations, I was like, what the fuck is he talking about? But yeah, now I get, you're dumb. inside inside the parks. Gotcha. <laughs> what what else would I be talking about? 
I don't know. I've never re- I've never heard somebody say refer to a ride as a location. So that's kind of weird. Uh, just like, hey, at all at all, you know, uh, fucking top flight locations. Who the fuck says that? The one nearest you. <laughs> top, top flight. That's what reference you did. Yeah, that's the one top that came flight. to mind. At all Medusa top locations. Flight. Nobody says that. That's because that's because it's not it's different. At all space mountain locations, is that, is that how you would say that, Travis? Yeah, because because it's not just a ride. The whole thing is a, a part of it, right? The ride's the ride, but everything around there is the location. You can do it anywhere. Everything around. Everything right, in the direct vicinity, including where the line starts and walks all the way around to the outside of the whole building, is the area. The ride that's is just the ride itself. That's that's the experience. I wouldn't it's say that's an the area. Way. Is it not an area? You know, really. It's just it's just a weird it's just a weird way to say it. I could have thought of a hundred more weird things to say. Yeah. All right, that's it for movie news. That's it. That was it for movie news. Did all you right. have more movie news? Oh, let's do Cruella. All right. I love when you guys fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I speak for all listeners. Cruella. <sighs> Thanks for giving us what we want. The latest in the Disney live action remakes. Yes. All right. Estella is a young and clever grifter who's determined to make a name for herself in the fashion world. She soon meets a pair of thieves who appreciate her appetite for mischief. And together, they build a life for themselves on the streets of London. However, when Estella befriends a fashion legend, Baroness Von Hellman, she embraces her wicked side to become the ruckus and revenge-bent Cruella. Just released, directed by Craig Gillespie. $100 million budget. It's got a 7.4 out of 10 INDB, 74% Rotten Tomatoes, 59% Metacritic. Emma Stone, Emma Thompson, um pretty much the main stars in this one battle of the emmas i'll start mm. off by paul saying Walter hauser dude you can't forget about- oh yeah paul walter hauser i forgot i didn't know he was in this movie and then he me neither me I neither was, yeah I was delightful delightly excited that he, paul walter hauser was in this movie um let's start off i'm gonna start off with saying this take what you think about the 101 Dalmatian series and let's put it out of your head when you're going to see this, right? Yeah, I would have to agree. Yeah, 100%. Uh Johnny, what did you think some of your first reactions <laughs> to the to the film? Um I was hearing great things, so I went in pretty neutral and uh right off the bat, great music throughout the whole uh entire movie. Uh, yeah. I played a lot of good songs from back in the day, some funk, some classic rock and whatnot. Um I wasn't too thrilled about the cgi at the very beginning with the dalmatians um i thought it looked a little too fake and i'm i'm, I'm real picky about that um but i noticed throughout the film the cgi got a little better like they perfected it as the story went along so that kind of it kind of helped out uh as we got to the you know to the climatic ending and whatnot but uh, it was well acted nothing was overdone um it, it was a great movie yeah, no, the mu- the uh the music selection was great cuz this this takes place in that um 
early 70s kind of timeline, maybe late 60s, correct? Um, yeah, they mentioned a year in there. They didn't mention a year. It was either late 60s or early 70s. Yeah, so they used a lot of time for mm-hmm. the for that uh, time period, some of the most famous rock and roll of all time, which is really fun. What did we think about... Uh, so, so the main thing is here is Cruella is the... Of course, uh, uh, the protagonist in this, and whereas in the you know, and this is why we're saying, uh, kind of put the uh, the old animated series out of your head because they make her the protagonist. They're obviously trying to restart a franchise of D- the Dalmatian Sings. Um, what do you think of the idea of doing it this way? Because it's obviously the intent, right? They're not. This is not trying to be a prequel to what the animated series was yeah i i i kind of like the idea of giving her a a protagonist background i'm sure along the way she will obviously become the main antagonist of a hundred dalmatians you know sequel or or what or a koala sequel or however you want to uh put it but i like i like giving her the complexity of you know one at at one time being a protagonist Absolutely. This comes from different points of view. And, you know, even as she becomes an antagonist, she's still going to be the protagonist from her own point of view. And now that we see that where she's coming from with her, you know, her origins and whatnot, you know, it was fun rooting for her, for her being the good guy in this movie. Yeah, yeah that's fun. It is interesting, especially in these live actions where, where some of them are just straight remakes, some of them are reimaginings. Um, so, like, as it like the, I think this follows kind of like what they did with Maleficent. I don't know. I haven't watched them, but from what I heard, it's kind of the same thing, right, Ty? Uh, again, I have not watched the Maleficent movies either. But okay, I meant I, to, on, <laughs> on social media, yeah, they are comparing the two. Okay, I meant to go see them, and and I've been I've heard that it's kind of the same idea, but it's nice to see that they do this. Because let's be honest, like if they're going to do live action remakes and, and Lion King is all animals, so you can all CGI it. And we talked about our issues and our, our likes with that. <clears throat> but a movie where uh, the main characters are all like the, the, the Dalmatians and there's humans around it, you need to have more characterization of the humans. You can't do it all. You cannot do it with the dogs while the humans are right there to compare it to. Just imagine if Lion King, the remake, live action remake, had humans in it, and they're yeah. trying to compare uh, and con- like you had that compar- you had that immediate comparison of how they're feeling with that CGI and stuff. It would have been terrible. Would have been yeah. way terrible. So oh, I think yeah. it's the right move to do. Emma Stone was great. Emma Thompson was great. Yep. Um. Even like, the two cronies were, were very well acted, too. Yeah, I mean, Paul Walter Hauser. Paul Walter Hauser, yeah, he, he's been on a heater lately. Yeah, Joel, Joel Fry is Joel the Fry. other guy's name. Yeah, yeah. They, they they did a good job. Um, And uh, we get the after credit scene where basically uh, Cruella takes the Dalmatians from Emma Thompson's character, Baroness, and, um, and then uh, hands them off to Maya and what's his name? Oh man, I can't think of his name. Cause they're from the original. No, I haven't watched. I I was gonna watch the original 101 Dalmatians before I went and saw this one, but Ed I, Roger. Sorry, sorry, Roger. 
There you yeah, go. Maya and Roger, who are like the original couple. That's their names, mm-hmm. at least their namesake. Um, I you know I thought and too like people talking about how this is like Devil Wears Prada. I think I don't know. Um, totally okay. had that vibe. Another- totally had that vibe. Okay, the, there we go, Johnny Roku. Because it, that's that movie is basically about you know fashion and um and battling yeah. in the fashion industry. Yeah. I don't know. I think you know. I just think it was. Uh, visually appealing, acted well. Um, there, there wasn't much wrong with it. It's just if I start, and this is a problem too, is you have the original IP. We talked about it with Mulan. Like when you have the original IP, you automatically are going to compare it to it. Even though, like I said at the beginning of this, try and keep it out of your head while you're watching this. And I'm yeah. trying to do it while reviewing it, but it's just impossible. So, like, I, when I see this and I go, like, this movie is going to be – is definitely not a prequel to those animated films. How do they progress it into an, a 101 Dalmatians franchise? Because um, that's obviously what they're going to do mm-hmm. with the plot line they've set up. Because right now, Cruella is, you know, how is she she going to turn into an evil person who's taking care of these Dalmatians now, but later is going to want to kill them for their skin to make make clothes out of them? Yeah, it's it seems like a a, a wild stretch. Like they kind of hinted at like, you know, oh, maybe maybe the Cruella side of her is is anti dog. But then. They wrote that off when it was revealed that she didn't actually skin the dogs for the coat. It was just fake fur. Like yeah, the, and the and the whole Estella and like her other personality is Cruella. Is it's kind of I w- I wish you could I, I guess maybe they're setting it up right now where it's like okay we're cool and then it goes full bore in the in the future one because when I saw this trailer I thought okay. We're going to see how, you know, Emma, like Emma Stone's character goes from this to absolute bad shit Cruella. And that's going to be the film and it's going to be awesome. I compared it to Joker-esque, like mm-hmm. Joker, but we didn't get that. At the end of this, she she went to a weird place in that Cruella, I guess, she, she hit her personality. Peak, yeah. I, I wouldn't, I don't know, peak, if that's the peak for what this franchise is going to be, i I think you're missing a whole bunch. I hope it's not the peak, but it's it's the but, peak of what we've seen so far. Out yeah, of it's it's like how you know, ninety percent of the way through the movie, she hits that peak, and then last ten percent, she comes down to earth. So it's like, where do we land with this character? What is this character truly going to be? I, I I don't know. And, it, and if they are, what's going to be you know, what's going to be worse than finding out your mom's trying or you know. Spoiler alert now for the people out there, but uh, trying to find or finding out your mom is is trying to kill you, basically. Like, well, or that uh, your mom killed who you thought was your mom because she abandoned you at birth. There's like, a lot what, more to what's, that. What's going to push her over the edge more than that to where she'll be that full-blown crazy Cruella? Like, I don't I feel know. Like, I feel like that would be enough to push you into that madness to where you don't have that redemption like she had at the end of the movie. Just kind of weird. Yeah, I like the whole alter ego thing between uh, Estella to Cruella. And uh, I, I I loved it. It was like, to me, like a Bruce Wayne Batman type of deal. Um, it, it worked. It was very clever. And uh, I don't know, maybe this is a transition. Maybe not. I mean, 
to me, I ha- I don't know if you guys caught this or not, but like the whole those who know about Cruella from the one on one Dalmatians movies know that you know the whole wanting to mur- murder the dogs or get them for their skin or whatnot. Um, with the way things have been lately, maybe you know Disney's like, hey, we don't want this to get cats to get canceled from culture. And how do we do that? Let's go ahead and make her, you know, the protagonist and let's give her an alter ego. That way we can ease into it. That way all these, you know, culture crybabies don't have nothing to bitch about. You know what I'm saying? I and I and I completely agree. Um that that they will but the the issue then lies if you were afraid to step on toes with the with a plot line that was this similar to the original. Uh, why did you reprise this IP in without having a, co- a cohesive story that was going to be different and interesting? Yeah. Which is, I mean, it's the whole moral dilemma with these, right? Yeah. Why, you know, we want to we want to trust that they have actual thoughtful ideas that are going to bring these things to life in a different era that'll fit better. But if they don't have quality <laughs> stories to them, then we have to look and go. At some point, you have to go. Although we're some of the biggest Disney stands and stuff like that, go. You can't just keep fucking doing this to take our money. Yeah, make a make a fucking good story first of all. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's the whole idea with the the nineties. You look at the nineties direct to video era. I forget what the era is called. Tons of great YouTube's on video. I believe on YouTube, um, they do a bunch. Yesterworld Entertainment does. I think does a quite a bit of them. Um, where they talk about like the Disney vault and some of that, some of that era. It's really fun stuff. You can learn all about it where they just did like shitty sequel after shitty sequel after low budget of, of IP already did. And they just, and and then when they weren't doing those, when they weren't doing Dumbo three or whatever, they were uh, remastering them for VHS. And it was like, this is just all money grab now. Where's the yeah. good storyline? And I yep. felt like we were getting out of that. Like they released Tangled and we got Frozen. And we've got a lot of good, a bunch of good a new IP. And I get that they want to corner an adult market by making some of the stuff that we grew up with live action. But I, I, I mean, as far as it goes for me, I love the stuff, man. It, you know, I like this movie, but you have to get things on track. Yeah. It, you can't just keep. Yeah, I, I, I've been into it enough. <laughs> yeah, but I mean... Would you what, guys give it? Let's see. What did I give? Johnny Roca, what'd you give it while I look for my... Um, I, I gave it an 80. Um, I, I gave it a generous score because it, it had a little bit of everything that I enjoyed. Let me just say first, I don't I had no interest in watching this movie because I am in no way a fan of the 101 Dalmatians. I, even as a kid, was never interested in it. It just wasn't my style of movie. So this was definitely something not on my radar. But when I gave it a chance, and of course we're doing the review on it, it gave me everything that I like in a movie. It, gave, it was coming of age. Um, we had a car chase in there, a heist. We had a second car chase, which was even better near the end. Then, of course, this uh, the murder attempts and just, of course, framing the bad guy at the end. You know, what, what way to, you know, just to kill him, not to not kill off the, the, the villain, but let's, let's frame, or not even frame him, but let's put him where they, where they belong, you know? Yeah, yeah, I gave it an eighty-two, so I wasn't, I was a little bit higher than you, but all for those same reasons, man. It was, it was a cohesive story. Yeah, I'm just a little bit lower than you guys. I'm at a seventy-eight for it, so right, right around, right around all the same there. But how about that? I'm right in between you guys, huh? Seventy-eight, eighty, <laughs> yeah. eighty-two. That's perfect. 
poetic. For sure, for sure. Well, I, I met without further ado, I think we could just hop into it. We're talking about uh, the villain. Let's talk uh, Disney villain draft here, huh? So it's going to be, you know, uh, snake draft one through five. Um, I don't really, I'm going to flip this, Ty. Or do, do what you want to do. Johnny, Johnny, why don't you Johnny pick can where take you want to go? Or, yeah, pick, oh, where, okay. pick where you want. I, okay, so I'll take the middle. I'll, I'll go ahead and be the middle guy in the snake draft. Ty, I went first last time, so you go first this time. All right, I get first pick here? Yeah. Perfect. First pick, I think one of the most malicious, you know, villains out there has got to be Scar <sighs> from The Lion King. Just absolutely nice. straight up murdered his brother in cold blood, left his left his own uh, nephew to to die, basically. And, yeah, it's got to be Scar with the number one pick. And then you got fucked up one-on-one, son. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Um, for me, let me see. My num- my number one pick is going to be back from the Alice in Wonderland days, and that's going to be the Queen of Hearts. Uh, that that bitch scared me, gave me nightmares. She was an angry woman. Everyone was afraid of her. Big time villain. All right, and I'm going to get two back to back here. So my first one will be the ever changing Maleficent. I think one of the nice. most powerful villains in the disney vault uh in the disney lore mm-hmm. um my number two now i think the ultimate apex ty- uh apex jungle cat sheer Khan from the jungle book yeah good one. Hell yeah although he was afraid of fire but you know <laughs> but i mean so technically was scar yeah that's yeah. Uh, Shere Khan was a good one that that I completely forgot <clears throat> about. Honestly, nice, nice. Uh, I love the Jungle Book, so I never forget Shere Khan. Number one was a uh, was a power pick, but number two was more for Personal. actually one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Johnny Roca, you're up for your number two. My number two is gonna be uh, Mr. Stromboli, uh, the Menya Fuko from, uh, from Pinocchio. Yeah. yeah. That guy was a straight jerk. Um, yeah, just evil dude. Uh, you know, from the moment he locked uh, old Pinocchio up in that cage and deceived him and uh, tricked him to take him to the island. That was a, that was a motherfucker right there. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, I mean, definitely one of my villains. He was out there taking kids to Pleasure Island. That you know, that's some creepy that, shit, right? That's a that's some creepy shit. That's some Jeffrey Epstein shit. Yeah, right there. Uh, Strombol Epstein. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> check the check the fuck check the flight logs check the flight logs one more time stromboli was on that stromboli was on the right next to clinton really? and bill gates yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, but stromboli man he he you know when my mom taught me don't talk to strangers like stromboli convinced me bro that dude's a that dude's a crazy motherfucker hell yeah no yeah. that's a great pick all right with my back-to-back picks i'm gonna go with another menacing guy but from one of my favorite disney movies captain hook was was very tall, very scary, especially going to Disney parks and seeing him in person, just very intimidating. Uh, and then my number three is going to be from the Hunchback of Notre Dame, Claude Frollo, who was just a straight-up racist. That man just he, he hated gypsies, and he had no doubt, had no, uh, no nothing to say about it. I thought that he wanted to be with the gypsy. No, no, no. no. He hated him. It, to be honest, I don't think I've ever watched Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh, I dude, watched that building burn down, but well, yeah, that that was the inspiration for our first podcast. Yep, shout out episode one. 
Only the real ones know. Only the real ones know. All right, Johnny, yeah, you're number three right. here. My number three is going to be uh, Sid Phillips from the Toy Story number one. Um, and, and people might look at it and say, really? But you got to remember Toy Story, that was their own little world, their own little universe. And Sid Phillips was basically the apocalypse to them. So, um, you know, he was destroying motherfuckers. So that's my number. That's my number three pick. Yeah, you got to think of it this way. He was, he was like the serial killer of the main characters of that movie, right? I mean, he well was, a, mm-hmm. he was not, a, he was the, um, not, uh, he was a Jeffrey Dahmer of them, like taking body parts and sewing them on different, like, yeah. like that's how you honestly have to think about it. It's a kid's yeah. movie and you can't think about it that way, but that, that's what he did to those characters. Although he just thought they were toys and whatnot. When he found out they were alive, look what it did to him. Like that mm-hmm. uh, years and years of, uh, uh, depressed, um, the repressed memories for that for him all right number three yeah, for me said. number three for me oh man this is this is gonna be i'm gonna i'm gonna have to go fuck man um sorry one second i gotta i gotta get the i got uh mr what's his name oh fuck Monsters Inc. Mr. Waternoose. What Mr. Waternoose? Thank you. Nice, nice. Mr. Waternoose. Now you don't get much from him, and it's kind of a late thing that that he says uh, that that he comes out that he was the leader who was controlling Randall and doing all this bad shit underneath the Monster Inc. shell. But he did say at the very end, "I've killed a thousand kids before this, and I'm not going to let anybody else stop me." That was a line that, that he just drew. That's what he said, right? I killed. Yeah, yes, yes. That I he, he said that. He's. I know. If not a thousand, it was at least a hundred. He, he. Yeah. It was like. So what has he been doing to these children before they caught him? Like this is insane. He's a bad, bad guy. Number four is Turbo from, um, what's it? Wreck It Ralph. Now Turbo. Is just the unfortunate circumstance of Ralph fucking up because he had that uh, that racing game after his got canceled. Like he had that under wraps. He was the king there. Mm-hmm. Like he ruled that shit. If it wasn't for Ralph messing it up, how long? How that would have gone on forever. I yeah, that. I agree. All right, we're we're on the we're onto the four pick from Johnny Roca. Hopefully, you guys don't take this as a cheap uh, uh, pick, or this could be controversial to some of the listeners. But I'm gonna go ahead and take Disney Marvel villain, the greatest one, oh, take God Thanos. Yeah, I didn't you know? I didn't even think about tapping into the Marvel cinematic universe, honestly. But it is Disney IP, so gotta give it to you. That's yeah, a and damn good I, I, I and I don't need to speak on it, but. It's Thanos, man. Yeah, we, I mean, we probably go on forever talking about him, but yeah, that's it's my guy. pretty self self explanatory. When you make half of the universe disappear, yep, you're gonna be up there and some of the worst as some of the worst people. For the graphic, the I, I understand that you that you knew you that was gonna drop down that we didn't think of it. For the graphic, you should have took a number one. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna be standing down that, that one. But that's such a steal, though. At at three. I mean, at number four. 
Four, four, yeah. sorry, sorry. I mean, four, he got four. picked before, before, uh, I mean, after Turbo. <laughs> 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 <Not nice>. <laughs> <laughs> so we are at number four. Number, so you're, you're number four and then number five. Number four and five. At number four, I'm going to take Ernesto De La Cruz from Coco. Nice, nice. I mean, he tried to murder his, his son. Or, or not his son. He, he tried to murder. Um, wasn't even related. He wasn't even related. That's right. He tried to murder Miguel. Miguel. After and he already had already murdered his his partner, his music partner. Yeah, that was a that was a turn. I love Coco so much. What a turn to put in a kids movie. I mean, yeah. uh, like you're already dealing with the with uh, Dia de los Muertos and all that stuff, and and the complexities of that, and bringing that cultural, uh, that 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 singular cultural thing to a more wide audience, but then adding in that other stuff that makes. A fucking Pixar movie, a Pixar movie was just ah so good. Great pick. And then with my number five, I'm gonna take Doctor Facilier from Damn uh, it, Princess and the Frog. Damn it, I mean, great. <laughs> that was that was gonna be <laughs> that mine. was gonna be your five. That was gonna be mine. Deals with the underworld and just I mean he's he's a smooth talking motherfucker. Scary, one of the great greatest song, uh, one a, a great song in that film. Yep. I mean he's an all time. Princess and a Frog is such an underrated Disney movie. I'm like we we talk about uh, like the parks and stuff like that. I'm very excited that they're turning the um, Splash Mountain Splash Mountain into that. I love Splash Mountain and nice. I and I do love like the retro stuff. But it's time to move on. And Princess and the Frog it couldn't have been anything else, right? Yeah, it couldn't that's have the, been. that was the perfect option for that. And it's right there next to New Orleans Square. Yeah, right there. Right, yeah, it's oh, kind of out of the way, but it's it's there. Um, and we're back to you for your last one, Johnny. All right, so for my fifth and final pick, uh, I'm gonna take you back to the mid '90s and me being a hockey fan, the Mighty Ducks too. I'm gonna go for the villain Team Iceland. Uh, they were the nemesis of Team USA, obviously, in the Junior Olympics, and their coach was uh, a gentleman by the name of Wolf Stanson. Biggest dick, uh, just a jerk coach. He was a jerk to his opponents, a jerk to his own team. Uh, didn't teach him anything about moral values. And then there was a scene in the movie where uh, the, the two coaches, Gordon Bombay and Wolf Stanson, go head-on-head head with each other, and they're just playing a one-on-one -on -one hockey match. Well, Wolf Stanson is losing, so what does he do? He just takes his stick and just bashes. Uh, he just does, does a Tanya Harding on, uh, on Gordon Bombay and just, like, just Nearly breaks his leg, dude. Just a big dick. But the the whole team, uh, just one of those powerhouse, like you know, those evil dynasty teams, dude. Just a powerhouse, and just in my world, just the ultimate villain. So that's now my I number just, five pick. This is amazing. Now I know what happens in Mighty Ducks. I was gonna say we we are like you know I was walking down the street one day and and you'll never guess who I saw. It was Emilio Estevez. The, the Emilio. Emilio. <laughs> Beautiful. All right, Trav. Oh, with your, right. with your, you, you finish it off here. Oh, uh, there's I'm a gonna, lot of good ones. Well, so I'm gonna, gonna I'm gonna go and I'm gonna just take, I'm gonna take Hades because nice. besides. Besides, what are the two dipshits? His fucking guy's names, pa Pain and Panic. Mm -hmm. Like he's a really good villain. I mean, he brought Hercules. He he took Hercules from 
you know, uh, the gods and all that stuff. And I mean, <clears throat> I think uh, Hercules is one of my favorite animated films. I mean, besides Tarzan, especially from that era of me growing up. Um, and I'm not going to take a fucking what's his name from Tarzan. He's kind of weak. Uh, Clayton. Clayton. Yeah, I'm not going to take him. So I'd rather go Hades here for sure. And he's badass looking. Like, let's not forget how badass looking he was in the Hercules film. Live action Hercules, Chris Hemsworth. That was, wait, live action Hercules was The Rock. No, I'm saying they need to do it with Chris Hemsworth. Oh, that would be pretty dope. Yes. Wait, they yeah. did a live action Hercules with The Rock? I don't know if it was based off the Disney Hercules or if okay. it was like a, uh, uh, just a regular hercules movie yeah i don't even know what you're talking about look it up well so i had maleficent sheer Khan, mr water news turbo and hades tyler who'd you have uh my list comprises of scar captain hook claude frollo ernesto de la cruz and dr facilier johnny you want to read your list off i got the queen of hearts mr stromboli sid phillips thanos and team iceland Great pick. Great draft. It's nice and to have. There were so many that were just left off the board, too. Ursula left Tons. off the board. Anybody else that would just <clears throat> miss your guys's? Um, I had big I had big Pete, uh, Mickey Mouse's nemesis. Yeah, I almost big took Zach him last. I almost took him last because, you know, I like to take like those OGs. But I think yeah. I did it with the hammer, hit it with Maleficent. So I didn't really think I needed to do it again. But I always like to take one of those OGs. And I, I was thinking about Pete. Uh, TikTok, yeah. <clears throat> TikTok, the the crocodile. Oh yeah, <laughs> but he's more he's more like a villain to the villain. <laughs> Side villains. Yeah, I don't and know. He's I, the I don't know how that works. Anybody else, Ty? You were thinking of? Uh, I had I had a few here. I had Hans <clears throat> from Frozen. Um, I had Clayton Ursula, <clears throat> like you said. Um, and then from Toy like uh, Toy Story two had oh Lotso. Lotso was a good one. would have been a good one. He was one I was thinking of for my number four pick. Uh, Lotso and then also Big Al. Or you could take Big Al or you could take, um, what's his name? Who's the prospector? The prospector. The prospector. Uh, yeah. Farts a bunch. Yes, he does. <laughs> well, um, that's going to be it for us. Johnny, thank you for coming on, man. Is there anything else you'd like to... Um, uh, talk about what we have you on here. Um, to any hockey fans out there, uh, we're down to the last eight teams in the playoffs. So, uh, make sure if you, if you're into hockey, uh, catch the playoffs. There you yep. go. Um, we're going to, we're going to go ahead and lead this into our, uh, our review of a quiet place part two. Enjoy that. You're not going to hear from us again. It'll go straight to the end of the podcast. So thank you guys for Tune in in always, episode 109 here. Do all the social stuff. You know it. I'm not going to repeat it again this episode. I'll have to do it again next episode. But uh, thanks for coming in, Ty. Bye. All right, now we're here to talk A Quiet Place Part 2. You ready to get into this one? Let's get it going. All right. Quiet Place Part 2. Following the deadly events at home 
the Abbott family must now face the terrors of the outside world as they continue their fight for survival in silence. Forced to venture into the unknown, they quickly realize that the creatures they hunt by sound are not the only threats that lurk beyond the sand path. Uh, 8 out of 10 on IDB, 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, 71% Metacritic, directed again by John Krasinski. This whole story is still by him. Um, he's also in the movie with his wife, Emily Blunt. Um, Killian Murphy plays the other main protagonist in this, and then the rest of the children, like always. Mm-hmm. Um, so, this movie, I mean, it's another great movie. You know, you, I, can't, I can't really... There's not really much to say bad about it. Um, one of the main conversations has been coming out of it. Do you think it's better than the first one? No. Okay. Let's get it all right off the bat. Yeah. No, I don't yeah, think it's better I, than the But original. you did hear people talking about that, yeah. right? Oh, that was absolutely a, a thing talked about on online about the fact that people thought this was better than the first, which I just can't see it just because... And I didn't even see the original in theaters, and a lot of people said that it was just a, a different experience seeing it in theaters. Yes. But seeing it for the first time at home was still like, it was, I wouldn't say revolutionary, but we hadn't really seen something of this of this sort. This so, quiet, quiet, you know, rely heavily on no sound, and then well, the Well, it's, it's, um, it's different for common, commonplace... Well, at the time when it was first released, um, it was kind of a throwback to an older time. Because you think about older movies and stuff like silence, that that rely yeah. a lot on on silence and stuff like that. There was a lot of interesting stuff. Let's start off by saying, spoiler, because if you haven't seen, if you went and saw this or waiting to see this and haven't seen the first one, it directly ties straight off the first one. Mm-hmm. What I like about the first one, right, and we'll talk about that a little bit just to give some base balance for for this movie here is right that's an original story first movie of it i like that they jumped right into it they didn't do a whole origin story plot you're kind of just put right into the middle of this trying to figure it out as it goes it becomes very apparent um like you said though using the silence and white noise of it you know with having deaf children um in a in a time where there's monsters lurking that prey on sound is such an interesting dynamic which they use great again in this one right yes but so um, at the end of that one John Krasinski's character sacrifices himself for the family it takes place directly after that mm-hmm. right and they have to venture out now because they cannot survive on their own. Yeah, they you know, they could just can't be there. Two by teenage themselves. kids, a baby, and Emily Blunt by herself. Yeah, just not gonna work out. They they've also, I think by the I think in the first one they've already exhausted the local um, supplies. Store. Yeah, I mean she goes back for the very last. Emily Blunt's character goes back for the last of it in parts in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but there wasn't much there to begin and it, with. It wasn't the she goes back for medical supplies, and you could see in the background there's no. Water supply. There's, there's no nothing. Food supply. There's nothing else except for those small 
medical supplies that she needs. Um, so that one was great because they don't bother you with the origin. They just bother you with getting to know these characters. Yeah. Which then sets up a second one because you kind of know what you know what happens to them after. You also still are left hanging like, how did this all start? Yeah, how did well, they come to the situation that they were out? Yep. I know it, like there was little answers made throughout the first one but this movie was really set up well to do what it did so in this one it has um basically kind of picking up where it left off and then a little bit of backstory which then brings killian murphy's character into it because he was a part of the town and he was a friend that separates so then you kind of get slight glimpses into what he's been going through he kind of just talks about it but more, it's just origin story of how they got to where they are, who this person is, how he relates, and then they've got to they've got to move past. Um, then they get uh, the oldest daughter trying to take you know John Krasinski's place and lead the family into a better future and blah blah blah. Um, I did really appreciate the the concept of uh, the radio tower and the the water and that the people are sending a message that they're on an island yeah. and the animals haven't been able to get there. And a, and a really simple, like, simple solution because I, I, as I'm walking out of the theater, I go, well, I mean, how did I not see that, like, see that as the answer to survive? Yeah. Because we know in the first one, uh, for those who've seen it, you know, water, the vibration of the water or whatever fucks with the, the animals and they can't swim or they can't, they, they can't, their senses are all off. From yeah. That. When and it was like, raining during and, the first one. And now, and now you're thinking like, well, sh- when you see that, oh, their solution was go to an island. It's like, well, yeah, that's pretty fucking obvious. Which, uh, led to like meeting Jaiman J- Hansu's character. Yep. Um, which he was in it for a little bit. So that, I think that'll start right there with one of my, one of my issues. Right. And then there's a, there's a little part where like um, like this this um, synopsis says like the people who are alive aren't really meant to. There's a small part where uh, Killian Murphy and the eldest daughter have run to fight r- run against those people in the dock while they're trying to get the boat to go to the island, and it's like okay, I felt like this was trying to rush too many things because they didn't explore that path at all. Well, and, and that was the weir- that was the weirdest part for me because that was what it was marketed as. Like, yeah. a- every trailer you see, every, you know, every I headline. I mean, it's the every- one line it's, from yeah. Cillian Murphy. Yeah, that, that they, they put in the over- fucking synopsis here. Yeah, it's like you're supposed to not trust the other people out, out there, but you don't really explore that much except for that 15-minute part. And then it's kind of like, oh, that's it. That's that's all we got. Every every other person we've seen outside of that has been very helpful. Uh, you know, I felt like they maybe said were setting it up where he was not a good person to be trusted. That's why he wanted to kick him out. Maybe there's going to be a turn somewhere. Not really. Yeah, I thought I thought yeah, Killian Mur- or Cillian Murphy's uh, character was going to have some sort of turn, but no, not at all. It was it was definitely strange. Um. All, so, but but besides from that, so I mean, like, I don't want to get into it because I think this should and will be the final sequence of this. I, I hope so. Because I hope the, they don't keep trying. Because to they rushed. It. Because I felt like if they if they wanted to make more of these, they wouldn't have pushed through to get to the final ending. They did. Yeah. Right. I felt like they could have been a left to hang. Of uh, uh, there could uh, have been a lot more places to leave this movie. 
Yeah. To go for a third and, part. And, like, leave the movie here and then expand on another portion of this. Yeah. Like I said, it's like, it's like, backstory, meeting up with Killian Murphy. He, he just talks about what happened to him after the day one. Yeah. And then he's like, don't trust anybody else. They have a couple encounters with some more of these aliens uh, or whatever, these creatures. creatures. And then they meet one group of people who try and fuck them over. And then... The other people on the island that they meet up with are nice people. And then they figure out how to broadcast the white noise from the uh, partially death older daughter's headset. Yeah. And then now they can defend themselves against this thing. Like it was just it was just bang, 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 bang. Very which I, I had no issue with it. I just felt like, okay, I think they're saying this needs to be it. Yeah, Cause, which I... Because right now, there's not much... Like, after the first one, you're thinking... It wasn't even supposed thinking, to be a sequel. I, well, I... Yeah, they didn't... They didn't... They John Krasinski, who wrote the original uh, screenplay and script for the first one, he came out and said, he was like, I wasn't going to do a second one. The success of the first one, and then they but were also offering the way, him a lot of money. Also, the way it was, it was written didn't leave up things. No. Like, by, by, by just... By just putting it in that secular time period in their lives where they're, you know, hundreds of days into this, they have a newborn, and then John Krasinski gets eyes at the end, you have, you know, the fans who want to know what happens with the family, or or if not that, at least the fans who want to know what happened previously. Yeah. Right? So, so there's a lot of meat on the bones here. When you left this movie, was there anything you were questioning? No. No, I I was I was like okay, well now they just they've solved that. Yeah. Now was, they're gonna work from they're gonna try and work from town to town, yeah. and and try and you know defeat these things by the, showing everybody the way to do it. The only yeah I was gonna say the only way that you could do any sort of spin off or any sort of sequel is you have to get away from from that that family from that section of the world. But then you're just doing like but then yeah a fear of the Walking Dead exactly and and. Obviously, that hasn't worked out well. And it, for, and for it that never, franchise. it never really works because you're already invested in this family. Mm-hmm. You're already invested you, in this. You in like these, these character? It's the characterization of these people is what got you into this movie. Now you have to learn and get feelings for a whole another group of of people. Yeah. So although although it wasn't you know per it wasn't perfect by any standards, but it was still good and it didn't leave us wanting more. What did you give it? Uh, this one landed at an eighty-two. Okay, so you gave this one, um, hold up, where's mine? I still gave this one a 87. Okay. Well, yeah. So where would you put the, where would you put the first one? The first one's 90s. Okay, I was so gonna say, like, my, flat, e- easily, easily in the 90s. Easily in the 90s. Yes. Easily in the 90s. And this movie, like, although we talked about the, the like, the <clears throat> plot and stuff like that, it's not a hate thing for me. It's more of just the, like understanding that this thing is over, yeah. and I think John Krasinski made it so it can it be, could be over. over. Yeah, you know. Although, although, like we left the theater, me and Laura left the theater, and she was like, "I want to know, do they get, do they meet back up together?" And I'm like, "Of course they do. Yeah, they have the, they have what it takes to beat these things now. These things are they pretty just, much d- both teena- disabled. Both now. teenagers just did it singularly. The one who was a pussy and the one who was partially deaf." Yeah. Just beat these singularly. They don't need like they're gonna meet back up together. Which that's pretty. That, that I think me and Haley walking out of the theater, we were talking about it. Like this is one of the first times you see a, a mostly deaf or a, 
Uh, is she partially deaf or fully she, deaf? She's partially deaf. Partially she deaf. Can, she can talk some things yeah, out. Yeah, a, a partially deaf hero, which is pretty, uh, you know, I pretty mean, cool. Who, who were you thinking? Because I couldn't think of anybody. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, like, when I don't, I couldn't. It, if there has been one, it hasn't been something. It that hasn't been part, like singularly that big of a part of the movie. Yeah, and I mean, she was she helped her she helped John a lot in the first film. She was a great she was a great protagonist. I mean, that's where she learns her skills to be yeah. the protagonist in this one, right? The only the only gripe I had against her was she was really brutal against uh, Cillian Murphy at the beginning. Killian Murphy, whatever the fuck his name. I Killian, it's not Cillian. It's, it's, it's Killian, Killian Murphy. Right? Okay. It's just spelled with a C. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Really brutal against them when they first met up. Yeah, was... but I mean, just lost I get... your dad. Yeah, I yeah. get it. But then again, like that's something that like if they would have if they wouldn't have done like everything in this film, they or made this. I mean, because what was the time on this? What was the two... runtime? It had it was either just under. Uh, two... No, it's an hour and thirty seven minutes. Really? Yeah. So it's not hardly long at all. Wow. So if they would have made this a little longer, which then it may be too long, I'm not sure. Yeah. But it'd be able to put more scenes in with that and flesh out that character more. Cause it, cause it went, it really went quickly from like, hey, you're not my fucking dad. You're not as good as my dad. To like, oh, you're all right by my, by me. But the way it went about. It's understandable why she changed that quickly. I had no issues. I with had it. no. I had no gripes with it's, how they yeah, got done. Yeah, it's kind of it's one of those things where it's like, uh, um, when you talk about movie sins and rushing some of these things can, but because the whole first movie you're spent with these characters mm-hmm. very intimately, and because they don't try and give too much characterization to anybody else in this movie while introducing new characters, you don't commit a a cinema Cinema sin sin. by not giving them characterization. Yeah. You know, they're just not in that. They're just kind of there to keep the family rolling. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the perfect, it's the perfect amount. And I mean, let, and we're talking about story and all this stuff. Let's talk about, this is a horror movie, right? Yeah. It was one tension building, one had good jump scares. Yep. The the acting is go- good, great. I mean, everything's there. Yep. Everything is there, and I had no issues with it. There was never a scene where I'm watching where I was like, "Oh, this doesn't brill. This doesn't have any tension to me." No, every everything, and I think that that but has that's... to do do with how good of tension it built in the first one, and you can't really go wrong when you have that to look back on. Well, you know? being able to use. You know, go from go from sound to no sound in a scene where it doesn't feel off because you're taking the perspective of somebody who's deaf, partially deaf, deaf whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, um, is really really cute. I mean, in most uh, the reason you don't see it is because I don't think anybody's really thought about it. John Krasinski, fucking a man, he did it in the first one, and you know, I was gonna say, I wonder how long it took him to write that first one. Don't know. No. Yeah, don't know, but it was. It's it's good. It's Man. really really good, and I very much enjoy both of these movies. I think it's time to put it down. Put if those, John wants to do another, I was gonna. I was just gonna say, do we see John Krasinski doing more? Suspe- well, see, I'm not gonna put what, it horror, what, what but this, suspense. One of these things that these movies, and this is why when you said like a quiet place, this is the only one that does it, is because Invisible Man did a great job like this, mm-hmm. right? With its with its thriller intention and stuff like that. 
Like, and we know that they're starting to redo these monster verse, you know, you know, the monster verse there yeah. with, they have, they already have the invisible man. I think they're not using the Tom Cruise mummy. I don't think so either. But they're looking to start all these off. Like one of these younger guys like this, and it's amazing to me what the horror genre has done now. I mean, people who don't like these movies, it just really bothers me because it's where most uh, it's where most progression, most, you know, like, well-known actresses, actors, directors, all start in these genres. Mm-hmm. And you get to see the early, early workings of what they can really do. Like, Jordan Peele and John Krasinski Peele now, but, like, good when you go those. back at it and you look at, you know, John Carpenter and, um, and Wes Craven and all these guys who went on to direct... Awesome. I mean, um, what's his name? Steven Spielberg. Spielberg. Did Jaws for the first time. Mm-hmm. It goes on and on and on this list. Um, so it's really interesting to see this is where they can build those skills to be awesome, awesome directors down the line. I would love to see one of these younger guys like this, like the guy who did Invisible Man. Do you have his name? Ray Wannell. Yeah. I was just looking at it, too, because he's doing, he's doing Wolfman, which is another monsterverse but one. I would love to see one of these guys come in and take a crack at something like that. Yeah. Uh, I was just going to say, getting the guy who did Invisible Man, Jordan Peele, and, and John Krasinski to kind of be the... The core of directors for the MonsterVerse. I think you have a great. I just think I just think like the new those new guys who have shown like this quality, quality, quality stuff. Yeah. Uh, like that you can be able to get them in while they're not doing projects and be like, we want you, we'll pay you, we want you to put a spin on this. Here's your free reign. Kind of yeah. like you see you see now like uh, Taika Waititi doing with Star Wars and Marvel movies, mm-hmm. where he was just a super independent. Art, you know, art Doing all the kind stuff. of uh, d- director, and they like his vision, so they give him that free reign and give him an IP that he can do it. I'd be very interested to see. But yeah, so this was an 87 for me and an 82 for you, correct? Yes, absolutely. All right, and that's A Quiet Place. Go see it in the theaters if you're going to. I don't think it's on streaming yet. No. Not on streaming yet, but, but if you can, make it to the theaters because it's an awesome, awesome um, experience. experience great theater experience and watch the first one if you haven't seen it before you go please yeah. please please all right 